Greetings and salutations. You're listening to This Ends at Prom, a podcast where I, teen movie apologist BJ Colangelo, show my wife, Harmony Colangelo, a seminal teen girl movie that I missed out on because I grew up as a teen boy. Is today's movie truly emblematic of womanhood? Or of rose-colored nostalgia glasses warped your perspective? Circle yes, no, or maybe to find out if we're crowning a queen? Or if we're killing the teen dream. Welcome to This Ends at Prom. This Ends at Prom is a Pod People production. I don't wanna be your merch girl. I wanna be your goddamn idol. And I don't wanna have to work twice as hard for the same motherfucking title. But I. Welcome back to This Ends at Prom. You're joining us today on a lovely, very early Saturday morning, especially for us. Yeah, I'm not quite awake and high energy yet. That's fine, because we're going to get so hyped for today's uh, title, because this is the kind of movie that just screams energy. Um, <laughs> I sure... <laughs> I'm gonna br- I'm gonna bring the fun because this is a this was definitely my my terrible idea. Um, was it? I think this was my suggestion as a smartass for the holiday season, and you went, yeah, let's do it. It's honestly that probably was exactly what happened, which means that of course I'm just gonna take credit for it because I had <laughs> the excitement about it. Okay. <laughs> so my name is BJ Colangelo. I am one of your co-hosts across the room from me, as always. You know. Wiping the the morning dew out of her eyes. It's not dew; they're they're crusty eye eye <laughs> sleeps. But uh, I'm I'm Harmony. How are you doing? I mean, I'm fine. I I might have like crusty eye things. Let me touch. Nope, I don't. I just have leftover makeup because I'm really bad at washing my own face. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I've made it this long. It's been 30 years and I still can't fully wash my own fucking face. So good for me. I'm an adult, a functional human being. Most of the time. Yeah. I mean, you don't, you, you don't have to be a functioning human being because I guess we're rolling things back to uh, even before preteen stuff for this movie. So it's like... You can be incompetent and sassy, and that just fits the energy of what we're going for today. (laughs) So some of you may be looking at the title of uh, today's film and being like, "Mm, this movie stars, like, children. They're like five. They're five. (laughs) They are in kindergarten. Why the hell are we watching this movie that is clearly, like, a family film and meant for much, much younger audiences than teen girls? Well... (laughs) (laughs) After I suggested this, because I have a better memory than you do, because, you You've know. not gotten radiation to the brain from cancer? Yeah, that, that <laughs> helps. It, it really does. So after I suggested this, and you went, oh, but for real, maybe, because, you know, we were trying to figure out our, our holiday movies that we would do for December, and we, we got two of them on the, on the schedule. Mm-hmm. So this one, and then one that I would argue is way, way better. <laughs> but uh, I, I was like, BJ, I really just want you to explain like the cultural zeitgeist that was the Olsen twins because I 
I've got nothing on this. I'm flying <laughs> blind and I don't understand it. And yet they became billionaires by like the age of like 14. So <laughs> I, I really just, this is exploring the child star of Mary-Kate and Ashley that influenced like two whole generations of teen girls. Like this was just a part of like, yeah, of course you you stay up late at a sleepover and you watch How the West Was Fun or whatever. <laughs> So that's that's pretty much it, is that Mary-Kate and Ashley were a certifiable force um, for preteens and into, like, earlier teen girls of, like, the late 90s into the aughts. And it was, some, it was something that I definitely was a part of. I owned a lot of their, you know, direct-to-home VHS tapes of, like, The Sleepover or the Mary-Kate and Ashley Detective Agency. And those are just the movies that don't count, like, the stuff they made with, like, ABC Family, like, Billboard Dad and all that. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Mary-Kate and Ashley were these, you know, massive stars because of Full House. But in order to fully understand and appreciate the impact they had on tweens and teens... Um, I felt that it was only right that we started at the beginning, and this movie, uh, To Grandmother's House We Go, is uh, from 1992, and it is the first time that Mary-Kate and Ashley are performing as separate entities, not just as Michelle on Full House. Okay. So this movie is also written and directed by Jeff Franklin, who is behind Full House and Fuller House. So this is pretty much this guy being like, we have these adorable little twins on this show, and I think I can make some money out of this. I mean, he really hitched his wagon to them entirely. Oh, yeah. Like, they... Jeff Franklin, he is responsible for making one of the most, like... Like, like he took the formula of a sitcom and then just like carved it into stone and everything since Full House has either been made in like like made off of it or as trying to be the uh like the complete opposite of it like Bojack Horseman yes 100% like Bojack Horseman because <laughs> here's the thing with Full House is my family watched Full House did it run on like TGI Friday's I think so. Maybe. I don't know. My family definitely watched Full House. I think maybe my brother liked Full House, and then the family was like, oh, let's watch it together or something. And I don't remember ever actively enjoying being like, yeah, Full House is on. I was just like, <laughs> I guess we're watching this, and it's there, and I have a dumb, mushy baby brain, so let's just watch <laughs> Full House, I guess. And uh, yeah, I could not tell you the names of like any of the characters. I constantly call Aunt Becky Aunt Jackie, which is a completely different so sitcom. Uh, and she's also not nearly as awful of a person. True, true. So uh, yeah, like I, I can't, I, I can't pretend like I understand anything about why Full House is popular or why the Olsen twins were popular. <laughs> so I guess since there's not really a ton to unpack here for uh, for characters and story, probably, <laughs> I, I think we'll spend some time on that. But who knows? Maybe this will be like Casper and we'll go into a real deep conversation <laughs> that I'm not emotionally prepared for until we're already there. I'm I'm skeptical, but we'll see. <laughs> I mean, there, there's definitely some some kind of deeper issue thematics going on here that are presented very surface level. But yes, you, you're right. We will get there. Um, so first off, for those who've never seen this movie, um, likely because you did not grow up as a child in the early 90s, um, this is probably a blind spot for you. Because I don't think there's a lot of people that are like going back and being like, do you know what we need to revisit? Do you know what I need to show my children? 
this direct to like VHS made for TV. A, yeah, it was a made for TV like, movie. Bullshit movie with the Olsen twins. Yeah, like we we had this movie because I think my parents had whatever like the early nineties parental version of FOMO was. <laughs> yeah. Where like it was like, oh, we watch Full House. The Olsen twins are getting their own like movie vehicle thing and it's holiday. Let's record it off TV, which is <laughs> I think we had that and then their Halloween one. Double double toilet trouble. Sure. Which I, I always remember that movie as having Danny DeVito in it. It's not. And it's definitely not. But my brain <laughs> remembers it as Danny DeVito. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe some things are crossed with child things of Matilda in my Probably. brain. I don't know. But whatever. So, yeah, my parents just, anytime that they had this, anytime they felt like something was a big deal, they felt the need to take part in it, even if they had little to no interest in it. Like, for example, we... They had two boys, sort of. <laughs> I'll, I'll say sort of in the case of me. But like they, they were they they gave birth to two beautiful baby boys who my mom constantly complains about wrecking things in her body that we had nothing to do with. <laughs> oh, my kidneys don't work well. It's because I had giant babies. No, that's not our fault. <laughs> like d- my memory hasn't worked well since I gave birth to giant babies. It's like is not our fault. Stop blaming us. <laughs> so um. Yeah, for whatever reason, they decided, oh, the Olsen twins, perfect. Like, these young girls are appealing to our young boys, even though they weren't marketed towards young boys at all. No. No. So, I don't know, I just, that that's that's my experience with this movie. I know we usually we save that for later, but... That's fine. Just, it, there it is. It kind of rolls into it, especially because this is a movie that I knew that you definitely had not seen. Not since, like, 1994 or whatever. <laughs> so... So for those who have not seen it, to Grandmother's House we go, according to our friend Dango uh, little synopsis here. Ashley and Mary-Kate Olsen star in this light-hearted, action-packed romantic comedy. Running away to visit their grandmother at Christmas time, the adventurous twins find themselves on the journey of a lifetime when they become entangled with a madcap, with, with madcap gangsters. Um, I wouldn't say they're <laughs> gangsters. They're they are selling this movie like all like first off, um, lighthearted. Okay, I'll give you that. Sure. Action packed. I I mean, depending disagree. on what you're. Disagree. There's action in the climax. <laughs> kind of. There there's cowboys, I guess. There's cowboy. Cowboy. <laughs> there's cowboy. There's cowboy delivery boy, and um. And a runaway sleigh with horses. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's like saying Back to the Future 3 is an action movie based purely on that one scene where the horses get spooked and she almost <laughs> flies into the canyon. Just, no, the rest of the movie, there's no action. It's action yeah. based purely on that single scene. And then also, uh, romantic comedy. Mm, um, That's a stretch. I feel like that's just trying to sell it to, to, I, to moms. I think so, too. <laughs> like, there's, like, a scene of romance, but mostly just a lot of tryharding, but... Yeah, and then also um, adventurous twins. Mm, I don't know if they're adventurous so they, much as they were happenstance. They were going on an adventure. Uh, sure, they it, want an adventure like across town. It's like baby's day out. Oh, I God. think <laughs> I know, which I know how much you feel about that. Oh God, it's awful. <laughs> I hate it. And um, then also madcap gangsters. Um, that's like saying that the bandits in Home Alone are gangsters. Yeah. Like, they're, they're really just, like, some dolts. These are, like, hack criminals who 
you know, honestly, Rhea Perlman is kind of a genius in this. She's, Sherry she's Van Dyke is uh, is questionable. Um, so there, there we go. That is to grandmother's house we go. So I know your experience with uh, with Olsen twins movies. Um, I was obsessed with Olsen twin movies as a you kid. Yeah. Obsessed with them. Um, my parents pretty much got any and every Olsen twins movie that I wanted, not just for my sister and I, but also because my mom ran a daycare for most of my life. So that'll do it. So our house was filled with children's media and Mary Kate and Ashley was always a safe bet because, you know, I've, I've talked about on here and on other podcasts before about how growing up, I really was not limited in what I was exposed to and that my parents let me watch anything. But that is not to say that that was the case for all of the kids at the daycare. For example, I loved Gremlins growing mm-hmm. up, thought it was great. Gremlins terrified a lot of those kids. So that you, was not, You don't say. That was not a movie we were going to watch at the daycare. So instead, we would watch like a Mary-Kate Nash movie. The movie that blew the lid off of the PG rating? Yes. Are you saying that watching little monsters explode and dark monologues <laughs> about Santa dying in the chimney... Okay, cool. <laughs> yes. So, uh, so Mary Kate and Ashley was the safe bet. And there is another aspect that I don't think we analyze a lot of with Mary Kate and Ashley that definitely, definitely caters to why they became so popular. So it really started around the time of It Takes Two, which is another great movie that we will absolutely be covering on the podcast at some point. Are we going to do all their movies? No, God, no, not all of them. Okay, that's, thank you. That's a lot. <laughs> it's so much. There's, they have like a couple shining stars, and It Takes Two is definitely one of them. Like, okay. How the West Was Fun, not going to do it. Double Double Toil and Trouble, probably not going to do it. It Takes Two, yes, 100%. Okay, fine. Um, it Takes Two is uh, a movie that's very much like a prince, uh, like The Prince of the Pauper or The Princess Switch, if you will, where two kids who look exact like each other switch spots to see how the other one lives see my brain goes to the parent trap well okay yes the parent trap is also very similar in in that regard um but what made it takes two so i think special for a lot of girls growing up is that this is when we sort of established the mary kate is like the butchy tomboy and ashley is like the high femme girly girl Mm -hmm. so it didn't matter where you fell on kind of the gender spectrum of presentation um because you would have an olsen twin that you could identify with um is this kind of like how the spice girls were uh kind of yeah, actually. Okay. Like, that that's actually a really good comparison. Proto-Spice Girls. <laughs> Proto-Spice Girls. Um, so, like, for me growing up, I loved Mary-Kate because Mary-Kate was mouthier and she was a little bit more aggressive. But, of, again, because it's it's an Olsen twins movie, there's going to be moments where they are going to be, like, cute and girly because, mm-hmm. you know, and that's how I live my life. So I loved I loved watching those movies because I could, like, look at somebody like Mary-Kate and feel very seen. And that is something that they carried um, into, they had like a short-lived TV series where that was also a similar premise. And you see a lot of these traits in a lot of their later films into the aughts, where it may not be as obvious that like they're doing like a butch femme sort of thing, Mm -hmm. but it might be an instance of like, well, Ashley is going to curl her hair under her chin and it's a little bit more feminine. Whereas Mary Kate is going to flip it out like Josie and the Pussycats because she's like the edgier one. Well, I know how much you love your flipped out Josie and the uh, Pussycat hair. (laughs) Sophomore year of high school. It's in my school picture. It's, it's a beautiful look. I have no shame about it. Thank you. It's like a ski ramp. <laughs> it really is. It's like a half pipe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, but cool 90s teens and half pipe hair. <laughs> but that, like, that was a really big thing. And I think that's why they were so popular because it didn't matter, like, what you know, quote unquote, type of girl you were, you could see yourself represented in an Olsen twins movie. And I mean, obviously, this is also speaking to like white children. (laughs) But um, I feel like that's a given at this point when we talk about a lot of teen media, because it's all white as fuck. I mean, that's most media. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's it's most media. It's 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 getting better now. Mm, I mean, we have a long way to go. It's getting, I didn't say it was good. I say it's getting better. That's true. We have have taken baby steps, little baby steps. Um, So, so looking back at to grandmother's house, we go, this is, this is the first time we're seeing the Olsen twins as independent beings, but because they're also five years old in this, they're not very independent of one another yet. They're two sides of the same coin in Mm -hmm. this movie. Um, so we have Sarah and Julie, that's their names, and uh, what do you think of Sarah and Julie in this movie? I think, um, okay, so I don't, I don't like children. No, no And I think that they are um, adorable, sassy little brats that I don't <laughs> like. <laughs> like, they're constantly just bickering and fighting about trivial things that don't matter, and they're, like, harassing their poor mother and, like, giving dogs chocolate. <laughs> yeah, okay, so there's there's a moment in this movie where they're over at their babysitter's house, who's also apparently their mom's best friend. But we only see her for, like, the one scene. And she's also a terrible babysitter because these girls fucking leave the house and go on an adventure and run away from home. And she has no idea that it's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but she makes them brownies, and then the dog eats the brownie and then runs away with the other one and at no point is anyone like that dog just ate a shitload of chocolate we need to call the vet yeah i I was like is this before it was widespread knowledge that chocolate's bad for dogs i feel like (laughs) my okay so my neighbor dog uh growing up uh, her name was cutlass she was a big old like lazy bloodhound who um just ate everything Mm -hmm. like the neighbors had a trampoline and one of the rules of trampolines you can't be on there with shoes or socks so you got to be barefoot on the trampoline so then you like take your shoes and socks off and like you ball your sock up and stick it in your shoe Mm -hmm. um cutlass would eat the socks (laughs) just whole socks that was a thing and she also like broke into like one of those fundraiser boxes of chocolate that you're supposed to sell for like your school and ate like half of it oh no she was fine that's that's a very strong stomach to dog because this was that a very toxic. powerful dog like i no, nothing could kill her she was like <laughs> she was like an eating champion like the ones that eat like 45 hot dogs in under a minute <laughs> she was one of those but for a dog it was very incredible <laughs> that is great uh, um yeah yes sarah and julie are um they're little shits but the thing is I look at them and I'm like, parents probably watched this and were like, don't I know this behavior? Like, I think this was a very relatable portrayal because they're toddlers is the thing. They're five. So, of course, they're going to bicker about everything. And not only are they siblings, but they're twins. Mm -hmm. So there is a there's a special breed of, I think, sibling animosity uh, with twins because you're used to everything being the same. You get everything at the same time. Mm-hmm. A lot of your shit matches. Um, so when there is something that that's a form of conflict, like it's a big thing. 
um, which is why upon like the first, what is it, like two minutes that we meet them, they're both trying to put on the same pair of pants. And they're, they're bickering about how one is wearing the good hat, even though they are identical they're hats. They're identical hats, exactly. <laughs> so they bicker about a lot of this like nonsense stuff. But when you're five years old, that is the, the most horrible thing that's ever happened in your life. So you haven't learned to sweat the small stuff yet. Mm-mm. Here's your Sundays. Thank you. Hey, she got more whipped cream. Hey, you got more nuts. Oh. There, now you're even. That was very unpolite. See, I didn't have that. I was I was the younger sibling, mm-hmm. and my brother would constantly bitch and moan about how I was the favorite, mm-hmm. which I, I, okay, I was, but <laughs> only, I was the favorite not by, like, birthright. I was the favorite because I was less of a fuck up. <laughs> I got in trouble less. I did a lot less dumb stuff. I did things, I didn't intentionally do things to piss off my dad like my brother did. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, my dad doesn't like Limp Bizkit. Guess we're listening to Nookie a bunch. <laughs> Like, my brother was, like, such one of those rebels without a cause, and he'd been that way for, like, fucking ever mm-hmm. for uh, just a cornucopia of reasons. Just mm-hmm. pick your poison on the grab bag of whatever. It's like uh, Steve Buscemi in Con Air where he's just like, oh, well, maybe Mother hugged him too much or not enough. It really just... <laughs> but, yeah, my brother was... He harbored this stuff into his late 20s when he got hit by a train. And, um, <laughs> I'm sorry, it's never gonna not be like, I laugh be like partially because it is kind of funny, but more so because I'm so uncomfortable. <laughs> but yeah, no, my brother would get drunk and he would say things about like, when I was five, you let him flush the fireman's helmet for my Ninja Turtle fireman down the toilet and you did nothing. <laughs> and just like still harbored these feelings. So like, I don't, I don't know if it's as cute when you're sad and almost 30. No, it's a lot less cute. It's a lot less cute then, but uh, I don't know. That I feel like maybe that's just a sibling thing. Was this how it was for you? Oh, my <laughs> or, <laughs> or am I just grasping at nothing? No, I th- like sibling rivalry is real, and I think it's really hard for a lot of people, especially... Um, I don't. I don't want to like blanket statement. Be like Gen Z and Zoomers don't understand. Like I don't only wanna... '90s kids understand. Only oh, yeah. <laughs> '90s kids understand sibling rivalry. R- remember Rubik's cubes? <laughs> like I don't want to do that shit. But um, Rubik's cubes were from the '80s. Uh, yes, it's true. It was. I know. <laughs> um, but what uh, what I wanted to mention is so we we talked about it a little bit like that I was on TikTok and then I was off TikTok. And the reason for that is because of a sibling rivalry Christmas uh, incident um, that I shared on TikTok. And oh, this was a day, dear listeners. This was a wild twenty-four hours. I'm gonna I'm gonna share that story with you here. So I get on TikTok and I share the story about um, my little sister getting trapped under the Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. So I was like five or six, which would have made her like two or three. And, um, (laughs) we were playing and something rolled under the Christmas tree and I was like, well, I'm too big. So you have to go get it. So my sister crawled under the tree and went to get whatever toy we were fucking playing with. And she kicked over the tree stand and then tried to crawl out underneath the tree as it was toppling on to her and she didn't get out in time. So the tree fell on her. 
as this is happening, um, my dad was outside, like, plowing snow. and For the entire neighborhood. Well, we didn't know that at the time. <laughs> um, and my mom was in the driveway because we were supposed to go shopping. So at this point in my life, um, my sister, even as, like, a very young child, um, definitely had, like, some attitude issues. I'm so sorry, Alexa, but you know it's to be true. Um, like, one of my other favorite stories is that the first time I ever heard somebody being called a bitch was my dad getting mad at my sister <laughs> at a campground and slamming the door and, like, walking away and going, like, gosh, she's such a bitch. How, how old were you for that? It was, like, nine. Like, I was so young, and my sister was, like, six, and my dad was, like, calling her a bitch under his brain breath and I was like oh my god so my sister you know she had she had some attitude issues so I put my coat on and I just left her there because I was like I'm not getting in trouble for this shit because again I'm like five or six I'm a child I don't make good decisions no the Olsen twins didn't in this movie no they didn't they did everything they did everything wrong and the thing is I look at that I'm like yeah I get it kids like I was that dummy too so I get in the car with my mom and the first thing she says is where's your sister and I said oh she has an attitude right now she said she didn't want to go and my mom at this point was already used to it and was like whatever like okay your dad's plowing snow he'll be inside in a minute like it's fine so this is where the fact that my dad then decided in his goodness heart of hearts <laughs> to snowplow the entire neighborhood because we had like elderly neighbors and he's a nice man he just he he was not inside after three minutes he went plowing snow for a very long time which meant my Hours. sister was just you know left under the tree so we come <laughs> home from shopping she's still there <laughs> and i don't know like the way she remembers it she's like i felt like i was there for like 10 minutes which makes me think that like she she took a nap at some point <laughs> like i think she just was like well this is my life now and then fell asleep um i will become <laughs> one with the plastic trees <laughs> and that's the other thing it wasn't a real tree it was a plastic tree so it's not like she has a goddamn like pine laying on top no of her. it weighs maybe like 20 pounds yeah tops. it's like no, it's like a weighted blanket like she's fine so we get home and my the first thing that my mom says is, my ornaments! And freaks out because my mom is that lady with ornaments. We get the tree off my sister and I'm like, oh God, it's it's over for me. Like I'm done. It's I'm done for. And my sister's crying and she goes, Brittany left me here to die. (laughs) And my mom looks at her and goes, she's been out shopping with me all day. You are making this up because you don't want to get in trouble for knocking over the tree. And like, as this is all happening, my dad finally comes inside and just hears her crying. Me just like trying to act as innocent as possible. My mom freaking the fuck out and he's like what, 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 what's happening here and like gets so upset and my sister is just like screaming and crying and she's like my mom just yells at her like go to your room and think about what you did or like whatever bullshit she says and it was like something out of a movie like the second she crossed my line of vision i like wink like did like the like shitty little kid or it's like because <laughs> i wink at the camera kind of thing because i got away with it and i was like holy shit like i really I really did it. I, I'm not going to get in trouble for this. In your in your defense, you did not knock the tree over. No, I didn't. But I like, mean, I you definitely leave, knew she I was under the tree. I definitely there to die. Um, so <laughs> so uh, we hold this secret for 20 years. And it isn't until like a couple years ago, I'm at home for Thanksgiving and there was some commercial where someone like knocked over a tree and my mom starts cracking up and she looks at my sister and goes, oh my God, do you remember that time 
you knocked over the tree and tried to blame your sister, but like she was out shopping with me. Do you remember that? And I lose it. Like I cannot (laughs) stop laughing. I am crying. And my mom was like, yeah, it was pretty funny. And I was like, no, no, no. I really did leave her under the tree. It happened right before you honked the horn. And then my sister is like so vindicated. She's like, I fucking told you. And no one listened to me. No one ever listened to me. Because, you know, Brittany was perfect. And she's like going off and going off. And my mom is just laughing. And she's now crying because she's laughing. She's like, oh my God, that's so funny. And we're talking about, because my sister's also a redhead. So I just need you to imagine that like little toddler limbs and like a fury of red hair sticking out from underneath <laughs> Christmas tree like oh god it's so incredible it's like getting squished by the Wizard of Oz with the yes! little legs popping out yes it's exactly like that it's so funny but as we're all laughing about it my mom then has the realization of like we were gone for four hours and like that's when it settles in like we really did leave her ass under that tree for four hours <laughs> and it's like she's fine now she doesn't have like PTSD from this fucking tree like she doesn't now hate Christmas and if this was a real thing like if this caused like actual trauma in her life of course I'm not gonna share this story but no, I shared it's... I shared it on TikTok <laughs> your your stories about your sibling are cute and adorable and I'm just like <laughs> am I gonna hit by a train God, it's the worst <laughs> but like I, I shared the story on TikTok and the fucking the the youths got so angry and they were like um i don't think that we should be normalizing abusing our siblings this is trauma you cause trauma and like just spitting out as many like therapy buzzwords as they could have possibly read off mm-hmm. of like an instagram graphic and what really upset me is that one i'm a trauma-informed uh, educator so mm-hmm. i think i know how to <laughs> uh, how to express these mm-hmm. things um but two it became this thing where they were like trying to like out empathize with other people and there were plenty of other people that were in like their late 20s 30s and and beyond that were sharing similar stories and then these kids would just reply and they're like so what you're telling me is that your brother abused you you should probably seek therapy because if you think this is funny there's something fundamentally wrong with you and i'm just sitting there like what the fuck is happening like do you know like, sibling rivalry, yeah, is shitty, but, like, it's a real thing that happens because children don't have the foresight to know that the decisions that they're making have, like, real-life impacts down the line. Like, they don't understand yeah, that. Yeah, don't children understand? And don't they develop, like, don't kids, like, not develop full empathy until they're, like... 12, 13 years old, and that's why junior high kids are, like, the meanest ones in the planet. And our brains aren't even developed until even after that. That's why it became unconstitutional to put away somebody for life or set them up for, like, the death sentence for crimes that they did when they were teens. Like, it's it's now unconstitutional mm-hmm. because it's scientifically proven that, like, our brains are just not fucking there yet. Yeah, well, also one of my favorite things about this story was they they weren't even using the words correctly. Like, they were misusing the word trauma? They were misusing... Because that's the thing, too, that a lot of people don't understand, is that trauma is not an event. Trauma is the way that you respond to an event. This is why... The example that I always use is, like, this is why when 9-11 happened, there were some people who were like, well, that sucks, and then moved on with their day. And then there were some people who were glued to the television and, like, 
immobile for weeks. Mm-hmm. Those are trauma responses. Mm-hmm. So they're just like throwing these words around. I'm like, you don't. That's trauma. You caused tra- you're, yeah, you're you, that wasn't trauma. You and caused I'm like, trauma. No, that's not what's happening. And then they even like they tracked down my sister's TikTok and they started harassing her, just like commenting random things like on her thing. Like I would never forgive my sister if I was you. Like I oh my god to the point where she had to make a video to be like one leave me the fuck alone and two like you're really harassing somebody off of an app when you don't know what you're talking about. Like you're the ones that are causing trauma and like what even was so funny to me was, you know, these kids were like, she's the victim. We need to talk about this. And at no point did they include her in these conversations Mm -hmm. at all. And I'm like, oh, okay, guys. Mm -hmm. So this is the long way of me saying, one, I relate to this movie in the sense of being a young kid who is making stupid decisions, not realizing, like, the longstanding effects of them. But also that, like, yeah, sibling rivalry is fucking real. And when people try to pretend that it's not, like, within reason, obviously, like, if somebody is actually, like, harming you and abusing you, like, that's Mm -hmm. not sibling rivalry. But if it's just like, ugh, my little brother's such an annoying little shit, like, that's sibling rivalry. Like, that's fine. Mm -hmm. It's, It's part of the growing up experience. And I don't know if it's just because there's a lot more like only children today or if it's because of like helicopter parenting I don't know I have no idea but the fact that there are so many kids today that like the idea of sibling rivalry is like (gasps) like the worst thing I'm so scared for the future (laughs) like there are some moments where I'm like the kids are all right we're gonna be fine and then there are some moments where I'm like none of these children are equipped to handle with with reality none of them and I'm terrified for them Mm -hmm. no but I I mean I, I I absolutely agree I don't spend nearly as much time around children as you because I work where I work in a bar you used to teach yeah so um I'm kind of the opposite I'm in a child-free zone and that's not by accident that is a deliberate choice (laughs) because I tend to work in like adult stores and bars right yeah we we kind of run the gambit on in terms of the the communities that we serve depending on you know whether or not it's a pandemic. I, I, I cater to very adult needs. Yes. You are molding young minds. I am trying to remold minds that maybe made some bad decisions. <laughs> so when they get drunk and tell me about why their life sucks, and I'm like, you know, have you considered? <laughs> That's very true. That's very true. But I look at, I look at like... Sarah and Julie and Grandmother's House We Go, and the reason that they run away from home... Oh, yes, that's right. We're talking about a movie. we're talking about a movie. Uh, The reason that they run away from home is because after this whole ordeal with, like, the the dog eating the brownie, like, they spill their milk, they're running around screaming, like, it's kind of chaos. And their mom is a single mom who manages, like, a mini-mart. So she's obviously not working a glamorous job, probably has to deal with a bunch of dickheads all day. And then comes home to screaming children. Mm -hmm. And she just hits that kind of like mom breaking point where she's, you know, like sitting at the table with her friend and she's crying Mm -hmm. because she's she's burnt out. Like she's exhausted. Being a parent is exhausting. Being a parent is exhausting. Especially when you're. Did, when your deadbeat man, their father's up, up and, and leaves. Up Yeah, like, we don't find that out until much later where she's just like, yeah, my husband just bailed, basically. This just never stops. It's girls eat your dinner, girls get in the bath, girls get out of the bath, girls go to sleep. I mean it, girls go to sleep. Every time I turn around, Sarah and Julie are into some kind of trouble. You know, you need a vacation. 
would love a vacation. Sometimes Sarah and Julie are such a handful. All I want for Christmas is just a couple of days by myself. No girls, no sledgies, no nothing. And so, you know, we've got a single mom working a not very glamorous job that probably does not bring in a lot of money. She's got two children. She's that are, a very nice apartment for that, that not very, very glamorous true. job. I feel that's just, you know, movies in general. Yeah. But, you know, she she talks about how she has to work on Christmas Day and that's why they can't go to grandma's house. And um, she's telling her friend that she just wants, like, all she wants for Christmas is, like, a vacation. You know, no having to work at the Minimart, not having to deal with her kids, just, mm -hmm. like, a break. And what also frustrates me is I know that there are people who watch that scene that are like, how could you imagine wanting life without your children? Children are the most precious gift, blah, 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 blah. Okay, that's fine. That's cool that you feel that way. Some people need a fucking break. They're, these two are exhausting. Like, <laughs> and I don't, I don't want to be this thing, but they're also, I, I guess one of the appeals of the Olsen twins during this period of their career is that they're like, they kind of talk like little adults. Yes. Whereas, like, you got it, dude. Like, they, they don't talk like small children. They've got yeah. this very uh, mature way of being smart asses. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the fact that you're talking to your kids and they always have, a, like, a, a retort. There's always, like, a zinger coming at you. It's like, <laughs> dude, just, just give me a break. Come on. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's a Tuesday. You just need to go to kindergarten. Please just, I don't need another, like, another laugh track line, please. Yes. <laughs> Like, it's so exhausting. Yeah, no, that's and that's really what it is. Like, they're exhausting. And it's okay for parents to be exhausted. I expect parents to be exhausted. But we put these, like, unrealistic expectations that you have to be, like, mom of the year. And you have to, like, be able to handle your job and, like, put food on the table and take care of everything. Like, no. Like, one, that that's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Like, that expectation is is ridiculous and two she's not a bad mom for expressing that she's exhausted that's yeah. actually a sign of a good mom yeah bad moms are the ones that pretend they're not exhausted and then fucking explode and drive their children into rivers oh you mean like my parents minus the river <laughs> yes yeah that's what my parents are like because i've definitely had these things where we're watching this and they're just they're popping off lines and they're mouthing off and i'm like dude like this is like when you watch any sitcom before a certain era when there was like oh, wow, if you just remove the laugh track, this is really sad. Because, mm -hmm. like, this is basically just like, oh, man, Kevin James really hates his wife, huh? Yeah. Like, Ray Romano, like, God, his family's really not funny, huh? Like, <laughs> once you remove the laugh track, it's like these sitcoms get very depressing very quickly. Mm -hmm. It's like um, when you remove this, the beeps from the Osbournes. Yes. And then it's like, oh, no, this isn't cute. They're just wildly dysfunctional, and Ozzy is not in a good place. Yeah. Like, it's, it's really uncomfortable, and I'm watching this, and I'm like, wow, um, this is the kind of things where, like, I, 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 would, I would get hit with the wooden spoon if I said this kind of smart-ass stuff back. Mm -hmm. Like, my parents were, like, not gonna have this, but then they're watching this going, oh, look at these adorable little Olsen twins, and I'm just like, okay, cool, double standard, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's cute when the little twins are being sassy assholes, but when, like, your own kids it's do it. It's different when not your child. Uh, yes. That is, that is precisely it. Mm -hmm. um, but these, these little kids decide that like, okay, well, mom is exhausted. She says she wants a vacation from us. Then that means the logical explanation is like, let's go visit grandma and give mom a break. So like their intentions and their hearts are in the right place, but they're also five. Mm -hmm. So if you just fucking piss off unannounced, 
this is not a vacation for mom. And now she's freaking the fuck out. But like you're five, you don't think of that. You're not like, oh, if we leave, mom might get scared. You don't think about consequences. No. You think in, for your own individual actions. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, I get that. So like I watch this movie and I'm just like, yeah, no, I get it. Like I full ass left my sister to die under that Christmas tree. Cause I was like, well, I don't want to get in trouble. So then I left. Like I never thought about the fact that like she could be under that tree for a while or mm-hmm. like, my sister might be hurt or she might be in danger because I'm fucking five. And like oh, yeah, your you priorities th- are not there yet. You're just thinking about how not to get in trouble. Exactly. Yeah. 100% exactly. And, and you know, and that's kind of the crux of this whole movie is this idea of like, we want to help mom. And this is the only way that we know of how to do that. Going to go visit grandma, which I love that they wrote into the script that she is actually great grandma. Mm-hmm. because this is like that thing where it's like, oh, mom's like 25 or something. Yeah, she's she's pretty young. Which means that great grandma would be like maybe in her, fi- grandma, grandma grandma would be like maybe in her 50s. Yeah, grandma grandma which, is like still probably like hanging out somewhere. Where, like, where is grandma grandma? I guess we don't want to visit her, but no, like we'll go grandma. visit great grandma. And I think they specifically made her a great grandma because they wanted that like Mrs. Claus, Mrs. Doubtfire like silhouette of what an old lady looks like. Which she absolutely is. And she has that like, unplaceable dialect where everything is just very heightened and it's is very like, sweet oh, oh the christmas the children oh yes visit granny like, and then grandma's just like a macguffin <laughs> yeah. grandma is like the maltese falcon of this movie <laughs> she really is where it's like oh i guess we don't really know that grandma's name she just like, kind of lives in the woods and she makes cookies and that's perfect but it's just like oh no we do not see grandma until the end no. like all we just hear about is in like myth and lore of grandma <laughs> so so when they take off they you know just to kind of like run down where they do where they, where they go so they get on their bikes realize that they can't cross the street so they just do a lap around the block because that's what happens when you don't cross streets. You mm-hmm. end up going in a circle. So they're like, okay, that's not going to happen. But then like a bus pulls up, like they live near a bus stop and they're like, well, that was lucky. Sneak on. Don't let the driver see you. So they're full ass aware that like they're going to get busted if they do this. Yeah. So they sneak on the bus. So they're also not paying for public transit. Wow. But they sneak on the bus. They meet. They definitely <laughs> have a means of paying for things, and I don't think the bus would have we'll, taken it. <laughs> we'll get there. Okay. okay. So the next thing that happens is while they're on the bus, they meet this like old lady who is practicing <laughs> being a weather girl because you never know when they might need one, and she also has one of those like impossible to place accents mm-hmm. because she's like it'll be cloudy and back to you. It's one of those like. <laughs> fake theater accents that you yes. hear. Yes. Oh, God. I had a professor who talked just like that. Just like that. Ugh. Anyone who went to college with me, you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> um, so, so yes, she, uh, she talks like that. And the kids tell this woman what they're doing. Like, they tell her, we're going to go visit our grandma for Christmas. And then the lady's like, well, where does grandma live? And they're like, oh, she lives in Edgemont. And she's like, oh, but that's three hours from here. This bus just goes downtown, then uptown, then back downtown. And at no point is this old woman like, hey, driver, there are fucking toddlers on this bus who are trying to go three hours away without an adult. We should probably call someone. Instead, she's like, good luck. I hope you find grandma. This is like when you just like let a kid loose on an airplane where it's like (laughs) you just pin a note to their collar and it's just like, they'll get there. Fucking right. So the kids get off downtown. And they're just walking around, eating chicken legs that they packed 
because they when they when they packed to leave they they took leftovers from from the uh from the fridge mm-hmm. and then there's a moment mm-hmm. that uh vulture.com described as being adorably racist because there is a street musician playing christmas songs on the saxophone and uh harmony what do they tip this man with uh they tip this black man with fried chicken legs yeah yeah they sure do and again this is an example of five-year-olds using five-year-old logic of, well, chicken's fucking awesome, and we're eating it, and we don't have money, but people are tipping this man. This is what we have. Let's tip him. It's, it's bad optics. But holy <laughs> shit, the optics. And and the thing is, the worst part isn't even that they tipped him with chicken. Like, like they're children. Like, they're fucking idiots. They don't know what they're doing. That's fine. But the movie then has him ask them, did you just tip me with a chicken bone? And they go, there's still meat on it. And then he shrugs and is like, all right, that's cool. That's the racist part. Like, you made this black man totally fucking okay with being tipped in chicken. Jeff Franklin, shame on you. Fucking shame on you. Like, all of your series are super white to begin with, but like, dude, what the fuck? (sighs) Yeah. And we had this discussion when we were watching it going like, ugh. Yeah, but it was so like, hard. but it's like, do you think that they were trying to be racist, or it's just like they happened to have chicken, and then they were like, I don't know, we'll just write this into the script. I think that's what it was. I think they were like, wouldn't it be cute if this happened? Not realizing, like, wouldn't it be cute if we made this scene very racist? Like, I don't think that's. I this is just like one of those examples of like how like white privilege can cloud your perspective on things. Where I don't think it crossed anyone's mind, like on the on the writing, on the directing, on the producing i don't think anyone thought like hey guys <laughs> did you think this might come across a little racist because it's just not something they've, they've thought of that's what i think happened uh probably so I, just, I do just I, cringe i do have a, a chicken related story since we're just going to share stories about our siblings i mean this is kind of a like it's a fucking mary kate and ashley movie that's made for tv there's not a lot here there's not a lot so. of meat on these bones there's not a lot of meat on these bones you're welcome so yes so um <laughs> In my hometown, like, there's one stretch that's, like, runs right by the highway exit, and it's where, like, all of your diners and your fast food chains, and, like, that's where a lot of stuff is located, outside of, like, the downtown area. It's, like, residential all the way across the board, except for, like, this one stretch. So right next to each other are um, McDonald's and Wendy's, and growing up, my parents decided if we get fast food, we are only ordering off the dollar menu. Mm-hmm. And you can pick either McDonald's or Wendy's. And if given the choice, you all, you always pick Wendy's. Why would you ever pick McDonald's? Like maybe you've like, maybe if they had dollar breakfast at the time, but like they don't. So, <laughs> mm. but every single time I would be like, I really want KFC. Can we get KFC? And it's like, no, we can't get KFC. They don't have a dollar menu and you all eat too much, which I'm a small child. I did not eat that much yet. <laughs> yet is the key word. Yet. Because you're a giant. Yeah, a little bit. But across the street was the KFC. And I'd said for probably like two years, I'm like, oh, I want KFC because, you know, fried chicken's delicious. I love fried chicken. It's still one of my favorite foods. Mm-hmm. And so uh, every year for, for birthdays, whoever's birthday it is, we'll, you know, get to pick somewhere in like the immediate family like um, of like me, my mom, my dad. My brother and, like, grandma, grandpa, and maybe, like, some other people if they're free, like, cousins and aunts. But, like, we'll have this big family dinner thing at, like, a nice restaurant. Usually Red Lobster. Yeah, nice restaurant. Nice restaurant. Hell yeah. Usually Red Lobster. Something that doesn't have a drive through 
Um, yeah, or, 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 oh my God, it was a big fucking deal when Olive Garden finally moved in the town over <laughs> near, near the mall. Oh, I've been to that Olive Garden. I think I had been a couple times, but like Olive Garden and Red Lobster, those are my mom's favorite restaurants, mm-hmm. or at least they were. I don't know if they still are, but she was just like, I love seafood and I love Italian. They're amazing. So like, that's where we're at. Italian. Italian. As when, my grandmother raises from the grave and is like, if you eat a breadstick, I swear to God. I mean, I was always a fan of Fizzoli's personally, but Fizzoli's has a drive through And I can't go there, so. You could have gone to this one before it closed. That's true. That's true. Yeah. The, one, the, the abandoned Fizzoli's right next to the abandoned Dillard's. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's the saddest mall ever. Um, that so. mall is basically just like a, a, an old folks like gym at this point. It's just people running laps and by running... Walking with their arms moving quickly. I mean, I'll, I'll drop which mall it is because I'm not from the city anyway. I'm from like one of the neighboring ones of a... Midway Mall. <laughs> Midway Mall in Illyria, Ohio, which... It's a fucking I, tragedy. For the life of me, I do not understand how this if mall you, is open. If you're a filmmaker and you need to do a scene in the mall, that one's perfect because shutting it down will affect zero businesses. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, it, your mall should not have um, its own storefront for security and multiple churches. Um, a mall should not have a Taco Bell as part of the food court not be able to survive. It, yes, that closed. But um, yeah, so whatever. My brother ended up being furious with me one year when I was like maybe six years old because I decided that we were going to KFC for my birthday. Since you couldn't get it any other <laughs> Since time. Since I couldn't get it any other time, I was spiteful and bitter. And I was like, we're going to KFC. And I was like, don't you want to go somewhere nice? It's like, no, I want to go to KFC because you all never, never let me go to KFC. <laughs> and my brother was so mad at me because he was just expecting like good dinner or something like that. And nope, we went to KFC, which I loved. I had a great time. I would be fucking stoked. Yeah, right? Like, if somebody was like, we're having a wedding, buffet style, popcorn chicken and mashed potatoes, I would be fucking thrilled. Yeah, like, if we had a Popeye's, that would have been even better, because clearly Popeye's is better chicken. However, KFC has better sides, so... (laughs) Yeah, facts. Yeah, so, um, my brother ended up being, um, super mad and treated me like shit for, like, two weeks. Now, granted, he didn't, he ever treat me particularly well, but he definitely was mad at me for, like, two weeks, because we couldn't have, we could, are you sure you don't want to go to Red Lobster? It's way better. No, no. Go to Red Lobster three times a year. No. (laughs) Get you a thigh. That's what you want. So, yes, that's my chicken story. (laughs) That's a great chicken story. I appreciate your chicken story. Thank you. So after these fucking kids throw chicken and are racist, um, they come across, um, his name is Eddie. To them, he's the man who killed Frosty because he's, he's a delivery boy who has a big old crush on their mom who, you know, goes into her convenience store and buys, you know, scratch a lot of tickets because he loves... The, the sludgy store? The sludgy store. Because he... can't call them slushies, apparently. <laughs> no. They're sludgies, sludgy. which is way less appealing. Never too much eyes, never too much sludge. Like, ugh. Yeah. Gross. It makes them sound way thicker. He also talks, like, weirdly like Matthew McConaughey because, like, he's... Because he wants to be a cowboy. He wants to be a cowboy. Yeah. Yeah, so he's the delivery guy. He delivers something at one point of their house, you know, kills the snowman. Now, Now you're caught up. So they see the man who killed Frosty, and they're like hey, we've got a great idea because he's not a stranger because he knows us and he knows our mom. We're just going to... We met him once. We met him one time and mom knows him by name. So we're just going to sneak on his delivery truck. So that's what they do. So like, fortunately, on this adventure of like toddlers adventuring, it's like the best possible circumstance. Like they went from like the city bus, which like that's, you know, fine, to the, the vehicle of somebody who at least knows how to get them home. So they get on the truck, everything's cool, and then, of course, because 
toddler's gonna toddler. One of them has to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. That's how they make their appearance, like, known, and he's like, all right, yep, I'll take you to, to the bathroom. You're just gonna steamroll over the fact that he's, like, on the highway, and then she just jumps out and goes, Mister, I have to pee! <laughs> and then he all has to, like, veer off and, like, screech to a halt because he's startled and shocked that there's a small child screaming at him about peeing in the back of his truck. She never says pee. She says, I have to go to the bathroom. Whatever. But yes, that that does happen. Like on the highway. So then we have like a little adventure where it's like, you know, he takes her into like a fucking bar so that she can pee. A labyrinthian bar where he is just hoisting her up while she is saying, I can hold it. And yes. And honestly, that's probably the cutest, funniest movie seen in the movie. Yeah, it's very cute. I can hold it. I can hold it. Look, there, you can hold it. I can hold it. Will you hurt her? Where's your bathroom? But, like, this bar is definitely, like, I like to call them, like, old man bars. Oh, like, yeah. not everybody like in there. It's like a bit of a biker bar. Yeah, like, not everyone in there is an old man, but, like, everyone in there definitely smells like cigarettes and is really good at playing pool. Like, it's one of those kind of bars. Mm-hmm. And then they go into the <laughs> they go into the bathroom to let the kid go, to let her go to the bathroom. And, like, the butchiest woman is in there who's just, like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> she probably drives truck, most likely. Oh, for sure. She is a large Marge type. For sure. Um, so after that whole ordeal, it's like, okay, well, I got to get these kids home. And so he lies to them and is like, oh yeah, I'll take you to grandma's because he doesn't want these kids to bolt. So then they like do things like they go get ice cream and, you know, they buy a lottery ticket and it's their birthday and it's cute and whatever. And then as he's taking them home because like, he's clearly not going to drive these children three hours away while their mom is. Well, he also out. doesn't know where grandma lives. No, they're just like Edgemont. Like, cool. That's a, that's a town. There's like neighborhoods and places to go. So he goes to take them home. And this is where we get kind of like the big reveal of the movie is when they realize like, you're not taking us to grandma's, you're taking us home. He tells them, you better learn this lesson now. Adults will tell children anything to get them to cooperate. Which really is the moral of this movie. It is the moral of this movie. And it's a honestly, like, it's kind of fucked up because they're five. But, like, yeah. So they, they get this awful message. And he takes them home. But <laughs> because this movie is fucking banana cakes... He gets out of the car, he goes to open the door to let them out to take them home, and he is kicked the shit out of by Rhea Perlman. Mm-hmm. Because Rhea Perlman and her husband, Jerry Van Dyke, are bandits, and they specifically target delivery trucks around Christmas and then pawn off all the merchandise. We gotta ride that Home Alone wave. I know, we're, we're a year out of it, so we've gotta keep going. It's like going the highest this. grossing movie ever made or whatever, so. <laughs> like something ridiculous like that. So yeah, we've gotta now have, like, they had cute Macaulay Culkin fighting bandits, but what about little cute twin girls? Whoa! They don't fight bandits at all, they just kind of go for a ride. Yeah, they just kind of go for a ride. <laughs> um, but despite the fact that they have just learned, like just learned that adults will lie to you to get whatever you want, um, they are lied to immediately by these bandits who luckily they're not like bad, like I'm going to fucking like tie these kids up and throw them in a river bandits. They're like, I'm going to hold you hostage. 
exchange. It's not ransom. And it's a reward. It's a reward. It's not ransom. It's a reward. But, like, they take the kids to, like, the fucking arcade. And they play whack-a-mole and, you know, get pizza and have a great time. And then... It's because the kid they lied and said they were Santa's elves. Yes, that is the big lie, is that you have to stay with us because we are Santa's elves. And that's why our RV is filled with so many uh, toys. Like, like, we can get you to grandma. Yeah, we're going to take you to grandma's. We're going to do these things. So they set up a uh, set up a rendezvous in Edgemont where grandma lives to get the kids back and they want $10,000. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> uh, Eddie, being the genius he is, uh, decides that they're going to do what these fucking bandits have been doing and they're going to make a list of all of the items in his truck. They're going to pawn them off to get the money to make the trade to get the girls back. Yes, That's... under the promise that the girls are holding his winning lottery yes, ticket uh, that because, is their birthday. Yep, because of that, yes. They also won the lottery, <laughs> like, at this point. Like, there's so many there's things happening. There's a lot happening. that's happening. Honestly, it works, though. It does. Like, like there's a lot of moving parts, but they make sense. It sounds like chaos when you just, like, say it out loud, but when you watch it, you're like, this makes sense. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, of course, get to Edgemont. Uh, they go to do the rendezvous, and they can't because... Poor Jerry Van Dyke, who is like, his name's Harv. Harv is like the bumbling fool of the- Not Marv? Yes, Harv is Marv (laughs) in this situation, where he's the bumbling idiot. And then uh, Harry is Shirley, I wish it would have been Sally, my God. Um, But Shirley is kind of the brains of the operation. And so they go to do the switch, and (laughs) Harv is like, you gotta give the money back. I lost the kids. Why did you lose the kids? I told them we're not elves. And- Rhea Perlman has this amazing, like, freak out of, like, what were you thinking? Like, just screams at him. So then now, you know, Mom and Eddie are trying to find the kids, and uh, the girls were seeing Santa. Santa realizes they're, uh, you know, unaccompanied minors. The only person in this movie at any given point who's been like, this is fucked, we should fix this. So he goes to get help, and unfortunately, the girls decide, like, fuck this, we're out of here. And they tell the reindeer, which are just horses wearing, uh, like, antlers, to go. And now they're on a carriage chase. Mm-hmm. And up to this point, <laughs> Eddie will constantly sing Roy Rogers songs. Nonstop. Nonstop. And, and whenever he does it, it'll, like, briefly cut to, like, a Roy Rogers movie or, like, a cowboy movie. I don't know why. So you were like, like, why Why is he obsessed with Roy Rogers? And I'm like, in my brain, I want to believe that this is a subtle reference to Die Hard. <laughs> which, I actually rewatched Die Hard for the first time. Yeah, because why not talk about Die Hard in a Mary-Kate and Ashley movie? Why not? <laughs> but I, uh, I rewatched Die Hard for probably the first time in 15 years because I've been avoiding it for 10 years because I just hate the people who will do, oh, it's, it's my favorite Die Christmas Hard, movie. Did you know that Die, Die Hard's a Christmas, Christmas movie? Did you know? Yeah, and yeah, we fucking knew. It's Got like it. a, it's like a second tier Christmas movie. You can watch it if you want. I test that it's a much better Christmas in July movie. Yes, because it's very patriotic and has lots of explosions. But <laughs> in any case, I want to I want to assume that it's that kind of reference. But you keep going. Why is he obsessed with these things? And we get to this point where it's like, ha ha! Eddie steals a tiny horse, a pony, and goes on a horse chase while it keeps cutting back to Roy Rogers footage. It does. Um, it does give me my favorite visual joke of the movie, which is the pony that he you know, kidnaps to, to chase down the, the runaway train is one of those ponies that is on like pony rides at the carnival. So they just go in circles. So even though this pony is free, it just keeps going in a circle <laughs> and it's like, no, 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 you don't have to do that. You're free. And I don't know why it just makes me laugh really hard. I mean, I really, <laughs> one of the 
visuals I love so much because there's a lot of really like funny moments at this carnival. Oh yeah, there's where some great um ones. they're specifically told like, hey, meet us at like the the ice rink and wear a red hat and wear a red hat. And Eddie's just like, nope, no red hats. No one can wear red hats. And I'm like, oh, God, if that isn't a mood. Oh, fucking for real. And they're like, why, why is she wearing a red hat? Well, cowboy hats are allowed. <laughs> just... Ball caps? No, you can't wear red ball caps. You can't caps. wear this ball cap. You can't wear this, like, scrunchy hat. Like, nope. And he and he just goes around the ice rink. Just stealing people's just hats. just stealing people's fucking hats. And also, calling this an ice rink is really generous, because they're basically, like, shuffling around, like, a snowy circle. Yeah, it's like, one of it's those ones. Like, it's barely they... ice. Yeah, it's one of those, like, man-made ones. Like, this is not, like, an ice rink ice this is like the portable this is a carny ice rink yeah it's i mean it is a carnival yeah i mean i really like that there's a random christmas panda a large <laughs> christmas his eyes his are, eyes are bugging up. uh or or the moments where like uh harv is just like oh I'm, I'm just gonna come clean about everything we're not elves and then they just keep screaming at him and everyone around him is just judging him oh my god one point he's like well like you've never had problems with your kids and all these parents are like uh like because they're going around in circles on this pony going harv is a liar you are a liar and it's like to the public like you're the worst dad in the world or you're the worst grandpa whoever you are to these kids mm-hmm. you fucked up man also there this was, a, this was the moment in the movie where i'm like i definitely know uh i i know harv from a show but i can't remember the name of it and you're like are you being serious right now and i'm like no no it's like it's like a sitcom and you're like yeah are you being serious right now and i was yeah, like, like uh, his last name is part of that sitcom and, and, and i'm like no but i never watched the dick van dyke show like i know that <laughs> i'm like no it's a different one i look it up i'm like it's yes dear that he was he was big jimmy on yes dear <laughs> but yeah, it was this moment where like i was convinced she was trying to think of the dick van dyke show and i'm like his name's fucking jerry van dyke no the, i know it's jerry van dyke the name is part of it no i know it's jerry van dyke i did not watch the dick van dyke show that's a TV land thing. I was a Nick at Night person. Okay, fair, fair, fair. Um, so, <laughs> so Eddie gets on, you know, this this horse and uh, manages to get the uh, get the get the horse carriage to stop. It's actually like a very cute chase scene. Like when he finally j- he jumps off of his horse onto the horse carrying the carriage, and he's like falling off of it, and the girls are like, "You're falling off!" And he just don't goes, fall. And he, yeah, they say don't fall, but they're like, "You're falling off." and he's like i know that and like i don't know why but like that matter of fact writing is really funny to me yeah so they have to stop these horses that are just like wildly careening (laughs) down a hill towards a canyon and i really guess that the tension is assuming that these horses are suicidal yeah (laughs) these horses have a death wish and want to go off this canyon that is what the tension of this like hinges on pretty much it's like horses like yeah they run but like horses are not stupid animals if they see that there's a cliff they're gonna fucking stop but so the idea is that these horses are just gonna keep running like it's a goddamn graboid going off a cliff like yeah. that's what they're going for right are we now. just gonna reference tremors in every december yes, episode it's fine it's perfect fine. i love it oh my god i'm like crying because it's so <laughs> ridiculous but it's like such a funny visual and it's ridiculous and like the they have the they have a freak out because the horse's antlers fall off and they realize their horses are not reindeer and that matters apparently i guess and like rudolph the rudolph horse has like the dumpiest like nose just strapped to the top of his face i'm assuming it was probably closer to the nose and then just slid up towards his eyes oh god it's so funny 
So, I mean, it's a Mary-Kate and Ashley movie, so safe to assume, like, they're not dying in this. They're not going over the cliff. Um, what a twist that would What a twist. That, oh that would be, like, a Gremlin-style Christmas bummer. <laughs> oh, my God. I would love this movie so much more if it's like, have you heard, have you heard of this movie, To Grandmother's House We Go? They fucking killed the Olsen twins. They're children. Oh, it would have been so funny. Um, so, anyway, they, uh, they stop the horse, and they're like, you know the we're gonna ride the horses out of here and there's like this dumb line of like well where are you going i don't know they're driving where harmony where did these horses go where do you think they're gonna go the where horses go? go to grandma's house the horses go to grandma's house it's a christmas miracle it's a christmas miracle so also they're... i love that this was probably filmed in like july so it's very green and there's no snow <laughs> no well and the best part too is they arrive to grandma's house and she opens the door and does her like oh children like what do we have here oh Woo! my goodness children like just absurdity she's and, like mrs puff she, oh yes <laughs> she is she's like mrs puff from <laughs> oh cereal mom i love you so much um so <laughs> the kids get to grandma's and then shortly behind is like mom and eddie and whatever and we both have this realization of like it's gonna be so weird when mom has to be like hey grandma so the children have been missing for days for days <laughs> And Grandma would totally be like, you're a bad mom. <laughs> right. But like that never comes up because what? Because this movie doesn't stop ever. What happens next? They get arrested. They get fucking arrested. They get arrested by what it was, Officer Grimp? Grimp. And the thing Definitely. With, the thing with Grimp is he has this weird character trait where he speaks in absolutes, where he constantly goes, positively, definitely, Period. absolutely. Period. Like, he just constantly inserts these words into his speech patterns. And We're I gonna catch know. him. Definitely. I don't know why. It's such a weird thing to write. It's so, it's so stupid. Uh. Um, but yes, they get arrested because, uh, as we mentioned, they pawned stuff off to get, you know, the ransom money. Yeah, so then everyone thinks that they're the So now the everyone thinks that they are the real bandits. And, and they still not. have the cash on them because Harv gave it back because they yes. lost the kids. <laughs> yes. So... This cop, who was originally on the case of finding these lost daughters, arrests their mother in front of them. On Christmas. On Christmas Eve. And uh, then there's, like, this whole showdown where everyone's chanting that it's Christmas Eve and, like, you know, we gotta do something about it. And Harv has, you know, the heart of heart of gold and he, he turns himself in and he's like, I can't do it, it's Christmas Eve, we gotta do the right thing. Um, so they do the right thing and... Of course, we've still got this this lottery ticket that we've done nothing about. and Because this movie doesn't stop. This movie does not stop. It's like a runaway carriage. <laughs> yes, this movie is a runaway carriage. So when it comes to this lottery thing, though, it isn't like you pick the right numbers, you win money, congrats. No. You win the chance to win money. <laughs> At like the most hokey wheel. <laughs> because it's like, it's just like a wheel with some pegs on it and a ball goes around and it looks like something the ball could easily fall off the pegs yes it looks like something they use on like guys grocery games to be like oh surprise you have to use marshmallow fluff like it is like the most (laughs) for like a million dollar plus lottery and then it's like surprise cameo there's aunt becky and And bob Bob saget and bob saget is he looks so dead he's (laughs) he's 
Oh, hey, we have another winning lotto ticket. Aren't you cute kids? Well, come on down. Like, he is so... Like, you just watch Bob Saget in this, and you know the second they call cut, he's, like, leaving set to be like, someone give me a line immediately. Like, he's... It is, like, the most plasticky plaster, like, hey, that he's ever been. Like, if you think that you've seen, like, crazy, like, overly positive Bob Saget on, like, America's Funniest Home Videos, no, no, no. To grandmother's house we go. Like, that is peak Bob Saget. That is phoning it in plastic Bob Saget. Oh, it's amazing. So good. And Aunt Becky, I don't think, has any lines. Um, she, she says, like, winnow lotto and, like, poses, and she's very Vanna <laughs> she's White. She's Vanna White. Yeah. But this is so much cheaper than wheel. <sighs> yeah, this is a way cheaper oh, wheel. Oh, God. So, yeah, anyway, they, like, get there, and they had to get back before the wheeling contest was done on, on Christmas Eve to get their chance at winning $1.3 million, and they get there. And they, they have to have the children sneak in because security won't let them in. Mm-hmm. And my favorite thing about watching this is you're watching this wheel go around and go around. And they keep cutting to and from it. And you can see it's slow. Every single time they cut <laughs> back to the wheel. And it's like, nope, it's not done. And then it cuts back. And then it's got more momentum and it's slowing down again. <laughs> like, and then it gets to the point where the ball falls on like the, the big jackpot win. Goes past it and then doubles back because it's clearly weighted. <laughs> it's either weighted or it's like some dude is behind it. Like some PA is like moving it and then like, oh, too far. Went, went a little too far. Let's back it up now. <laughs> right. And the whole movie, this entire movie, like their mom, like the Olsen twins' mom has just been like, Eddie, you're kind of a skeeve and we've got nothing in common. And I don't really like you. And you lost my kids. And you only want to find them for money. And at the end, it's like. Okay, actually, uh, you're you have money now, I guess, and you saved my kids from going over a cliff. I love you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's pretty much what happens. Is like, cause at one point, like they win the jackpot because of course they do, and there's like confetti and balloons and sirens and everybody's excited and they're kissing and one of the one of the twins is like, "Mom, you're missing the good part." And she's like, "No, I'm not." And then they kiss, and then again, you would think that's the end of the movie. One would think that's the end. It's fucking not because nope. what do they have to do? They now have to be goddamn Santa Claus and they have to return all of the things that they pawned because now they have 1.3 million dollars so they can rebuy everything that they need and give it to the rightful people on Christmas Eve. It's a Christmas miracle. It's a Christmas miracle. And they, of course, then once they're done with their deliveries, they drive back to grandma's singing more Roy Rogers. The end. That is the entire movie. <laughs> I thought you were going to do... or whatever. You were, like, very close to doing, like, the Yahoo from, like, the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> Yahoo! <laughs> Yahoo! There it is. You, you got it. You got it. So there's so much happening in this movie, but like watching it, I I can look at this movie and objectively go, this is not a good movie. I mean, my favorite moment was when you went to Rotten Tomatoes and we're like, what's this thing rating at? 58. And I go, is that higher or low? And you go, that's way higher than I thought it would be. (laughs) There are so much better movies that have like 10% because people are dickheads. So (laughs) yeah, that kind of blew me away. But ultimately, I watched this movie and I was like, yeah, no, I totally get why I loved the Olsen twins. Like, because this was like a scrappy little adventure. It's kind of fun that they sass back to adults. I would have loved that um, because that's who I was as a kid, um, (laughs) for sure. But 
it's so weird to look back and be like, God, yeah, people saw this movie and they were like, that's the future. That's it. These children <laughs> are going to dictate teen girl pop culture for preteens for the next 10 years. The children, Damn it. The children are our future. I know. We should teach them well and let them lead the way. Yeah. Yeah, we should. <laughs> So now that you have seen your, is this your first like Mary Kate and Ashley movie? Like, total? I mean, other than like when you were like a child, child and don't remember it. Um, I think one day I was just fucking around at work and they happen to have a, several of them on Hulu or something. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, I'll put a uh, double, double toilet in trouble on because it's Halloween season. And I try not to put gruesome stuff on when the right. sun's out because people get um, upset. People get upset. <laughs> so with the exception of that, which I didn't really watch, it just kind of was on in the background while I was working. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is my first time watching any of the Olsen twins stuff, probably since I was like four years old. So what do you what do you think? I've seen worse. <laughs> like it is a perfectly cute, fun little family romp for like young children. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there is. No need to revisit this unless you have nostalgia for it. So I feel weird asking, like, this movie is asking you to prom because this is, like, children. So, like, I don't know, like... This for, it's asking me to kindergarten graduation. Yes, this movie is asking you to kindergarten graduation. And um, I, I, I do want to use this quote because it kind of destroyed me. So... There's not a lot of research or articles or anything articulate about these movies. Go fucking figure. Hmm. Um, Maybe it's because they're not super deep. <laughs> hey, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I had way more fun doing this episode than I did watching the movie. I mean, the movie wasn't bad. There definitely were a ton of moments where I would, like, sass the movie of, like, that's ridiculous. Like, she, her friend calls her on the phone. I'd be like, I lost the kids. And she's like, it's fine. They're probably just playing outside. It's okay. And I go, she's taking that very calm. And then she's like, everybody out! <laughs> we're closed! <laughs> So I'm like, okay, um, yeah, you got me, movie. And that happened multiple times yeah, where I happened, sassed the movie and, and then it immediately so like times. showed me what was up. So, you know, okay, fine. <laughs> but I did I did find a, a website called Mary Kate and Ashley Reviewed. It's a Tumblr account that's been around for quite some time. And this writer reviewed to Grandmother's House We Go uh, back in 2016. And the descriptions are just hilarious like they're so funny (laughs) so they talk about this kindergarten graduation thing and it's like uh (laughs) oh good lord so their mom ships them off to kindergarten and they're wearing little hats that make them look like they just graduated from college with an honorary doctorate (laughs) and that's factual that's exactly what they look like and then when they talk about they talk about the dog Rhonda yells at the girls to shut the hell up and stop running around for one goddamn second and kind of has a meltdown in front of Stacy. <laughs> but the girls are in the kitchen screeching at each other as usual. Somehow Stacy's dog winds up eating a brownie and is running around the house. So this dog's probably going to die and he ate chocolate. So that's unfortunate. Like it just, it really killed me. And reading this article, I was like, yeah, this is how you have to watch these movies. Like, oh, like, for sure. But just, and the thing is like, it's so, so sincere. There's no irony in this movie at all. And, like, there's something about that I sort of respect. Because, like, I'm such a horrible cynic, especially about Christmas movies. But, like, it's also, like, sassy in a way that isn't as... So most, most, like, really earnest Christmas movies are are cheesy and I can't do them. Like, every one of the Lifetime things, anytime I've been subjected to one of those, whether it's Princess Switch 2, which, like, I don't care how triple duty Vanessa Hudgens is pulling, I was so not into that movie. Yeah. 
I can't do any of that stuff. But then this movie, I'm like, you know, I'm not as I'm not bothered by this one. I don't want to revisit it, so go ahead and ask your question, and then we'll see where I lay on that. I mean, all right. So to grandmother's house we go is asking you to kindergarten graduation prom. <laughs> is it a yes, no, or a maybe? And uh, are you writing anything on the card back? I'm I'm gonna say maybe on this one. Oh shit! I thought it was gonna be a no. Here's the thing: <laughs> I don't want to rewatch this. I don't need to rewatch this, no. but it's not bad enough, and it doesn't have enough problems that it's a no. Like, I'm not angry about it. And I think that that's the big difference between something being a no and something being a maybe. Like, you could totally revisit this and it'd be wholesome enough and fine enough for young kids or anyone who has, like, a nostalgic bin of something they want to just kind of fuck off and yell at the TV a little bit like we did, which is the mm-hmm. right way to watch it. Mm-hmm. So, no, this is, this is, this is fine. I, I will never see it again in my life and I'll be happy with that, but there's nothing wrong with it. There is an episode of, um, there's a podcast that we both love called Why Are Dads. Oh, Why Are Dads. Ah, so good. If you've never heard of it, they do something kind of similarly to what we do, but instead of it being like teen girl media, they analyze dads and dad type figures in, in film, regardless of, of genre, which is just wonderful. And they're doing a whole month of like Christmas movies. And Sarah Marshall talks about how one of like the great things about Christmas movies is being able to like do other things while you're listening. Mm-hmm. Um, so like if you're able to like wrap gifts with the movie on in the background, like that's a good staple of a, of a Christmas movie. And this is definitely one of those movies, but at the same time, maybe not because this movie again, does not fucking stop. So if you're like not paying attention for five minutes, you might just look up and be like, why are they, what, what happened? There's a lottery. What's going on? Yeah. Why are they getting arrested? <laughs> the thing is like, you asked me at one point where like, Eddie is in the back of, like, this cop car's thing, getting a ride home, and then they're, like, going over birthdays, he goes, what did you say? And you're, like, and you're, like, have you figured it out yet? And I was, like, yes, I figured it out that the lottery numbers were their birthday. Like, I knew it when they said it on the TV when they announced lotto winnings. Like, do you think I'm paying that little attention? <laughs> I mean, there's, there's, you can pretty much figure, like, you can. I was not sitting there with, like, a notepad, but, like, I figured it out. It wasn't hard. I just also love that this movie was, like, there's gonna be a scene with horses, Better make this guy obsessed with Roy Rogers. Like, like of all the things, it's so funny to me. He likes the outfits and the singing. Well, I think that takes us out on a... <laughs> this was really shows. fun. Like, why was this our most fun episode? Is it because we didn't have to think? I think so. Okay. And I hope everyone listening had as much fun and that there's people that are not like, I was expecting a deep analysis of a Mary-Kate National I think we went TV as deep movie. as you can go. I think we went deeper than anyone's ever gone in this fucking movie. <laughs> That's just me, though. All right, but you can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at This Ends at Prom. You can find me uh, at BJ Colangelo. Harmony, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram as well. I am there at Velasa <laughs> Chapter, Velasa underscore Trap underscore Tour. I'm trying to do like a Bob Saget in this movie thing, by the way. Oh, if you're doing Bob Saget in this movie, then it'd be like, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at. <gasps> I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. God damn it. Uh, if, speaking of a dollar, for one whole dollar, you can get all of the schedule ahead of time. You can get access to a bunch of cool shit. If you want to give us more than one dollar a month, you can unlock things like the Sadie Hawkins Dance Teen Boy episodes where we talk about teen boy movies. And sometimes we are great and we get to watch great things like Just Friends. Sometimes... It's not, but I, it's a fun time. <laughs> I think our other Christmas choice that'll be coming up shortly after this one 
is also good. It is. It is I'm being very kind to you yes. in this season of giving. <laughs> I appreciate. I much appreciate it. <laughs> you can also watch our sleepover commentary tracks where we watch movies that are not quite teen girls, but definitely movies that are fitting for a sleepover. And we do, you know, a whole commentary track you can listen to along with watching the movie. It's all stuff that's easily streamable mm-hmm. on the everything popular is, things. Everything is always streamable. You don't have to pay for any of it because we're trying to be nice. And as always, Harmony has a monthly playlist of a bunch of rad-ass music. And this one is pretty dang good. So you can subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com backslash this ends at prom. All right, friends. Thank you again to our Sonderbombs who I liked. I called them our Sonderbombs. They really feel like our Sonderbombs at this point. Um, <laughs> but thank you to the Sonderbombs for letting us use title for our amazing in- intro and outro music. They are the best. Support them wherever you get your music. All right, friends. Bye. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Oh, they do yell Happy Hanukkah at one point. It's very cute. And we were very excited about the inclusivity. Okay, that's it. Bye. Okay, there's no real snow, so Santa doesn't need a real sleigh. He also doesn't need new skis, or a season's pass he paid 600 bucks for. This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me.